0: Welcome to God is Open. I am your host, Christopher Fisher. In this episode, we are going to be going over the real Christmas story, or should we say the real Christmas stories? Because there are two Christmas stories in various Gospels. And people tend to conflate the two. They, they take the vents from one and overlay them with the vents of the other. And then get this uh, huge flourish, this huge movie scene in which Jesus is being born in a manger after being denied rooms at hotels. And and then all these wise men show up and these shepherds are in tow. And then there's a star and angels overhead. And all of it uh, comes to a crescendo, really, in uh, modern literature. Let's Let's see a clip. This, then. What? This praising. No, no. no, no. Uh, well, um, if you're dropping by again, do pop in. <laughs> and thanks a lot for the gold and frankincense. Uh, but don't worry too much about the myrrh next time, all right? <laughs> Thank you. Goodbye. Mm. Well, weren't they nice? Out of their bloody minds, but still. Look at that. <laughs> here, here. here that's... Oh, uh, fine. There, that's Oh, you could me. Fantastic. So the first thing that we're going to notice that in the Gospel of Matthew, Mary conceives and there's not any interaction between Mary and any angelic creature or anything like that. The text just says that she conceived, but there is an angel that appears to Joseph and explains the situation to him such that uh, he understands what's going on so that he doesn't cast her out for adultery. Uh, this is missing. This is absent in Luke. In Luke, the, the situation is reversed, where Mary gets the interaction with the angels, and Joseph is just—he's just, he's just uh, casually referenced. He—he's not like a major character, and he—he's just there to carry around Mary to where she's going. He's—he's he's a vehicle of transportation, we'll say. But in Matthew, it presupposes that Jesus is living in Bethlehem, that Joseph and Mary are in Bethlehem. Towards the end of the story, when they're coming back from Egypt, uh, Egypt is missing from the Luke narrative, they say, well, we need to go live in Nazareth because Bethlehem is not safe because they were conceiving of going back to live in Bethlehem. So the Matthew narrative uh, assumes, uh, reads like they're already living in Bethlehem. That's where they're staying. And uh, there's no traveling from Nazareth to Bethlehem like the Luke narrative is. So in Luke, Mary interacts with Elizabeth. Uh, You get uh, long poems, long poetries, long interactions between Elizabeth and John the Baptist, Uh, angels, Zachariah and the angel, Mary and the angel, a lot of dialogue about who Jesus is and what he's going to do. All very important stuff to understand their conceptions. Also in the Luke narrative, you get uh, Caesar Augustus, his decree in order to have a census. And N.T. Wright writes about the controversy about when that was. And he says the most natural reading of the verse is this. This census took place before the time when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Because Quirinius' census was 6 A.D., which would put it well after Herod died in 1 B.C. I think 1 B.C. is probably the most natural uh, understanding of when Herod dies, according to celestial events and according to time frames. Jesus is probably born 3 B.C. So in the Luke narrative, there is a census be- before Quirinius is governor, which forces a move of Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem for this census, and uh, when people talk about this trip, you know, you you see the kids put on their little plays at church, and they'll they'll go house to house knocking. Do you guys got room? Oh, how about this inn? Is this Holiday Express? Is is that open for business? That's that's not what's going on there actually. So in the ancient world, I'll I'll put up a little picture of what their houses kind of looked like. But in the ancient world, uh, people had a house. They lived with their animals. They, they weren't rich enough to build separate facilities for the animals. Uh, so the animals would provide heat in, in cold nights, and the heat would rise. They'd probably live above the animals. They'd have a guest room or an inn, just like when Jesus rents out the guest room uh, for the Last Supper. That, that's, it's, it's a part of the house. And so Joseph goes to relative's house. They do not have room for Mary in the guest room, and so then she has to go downstairs to the stable where she has the baby in the manger. So it's all one house. It's it's not, it's not all the rooms were booked up because there's a hockey event in town or anything like that. It's uh, just people just you know they they like the narrative where where they they're so worried about uh finding anywhere to stay that they eventually just have to stay in a stable the whole place is so booked up but that's not that's not what's actually going down there it was busy they probably had other relatives in this house at uh in this narrative but uh you know the barn or the or the, the stables the part of the house where the animals stay that's where there's enough room to have a baby In the Matthew narrative, we do not get an account of the birth of Jesus like we do in Luke. In Luke, Jesus is born. These shepherds have angels appear to them and tell them exactly where Jesus is going to be. They go and visit Jesus, and you got the manger. You don't have any manger narrative in in the book of Matthew. It just skips over all of that information. It's it's uh, you know it's it's flourish right? Flourish for Luke. It makes things more majestic i guess it's more lowly for the king the savior to come and be born in a manger contrast that to the angels the angels who are proclaiming him as king and the shepherds coming to worship him and uh mary and her her explanations that this is the king of the jews who's going to save the jews from their enemies uh the, these types of things in luke that's that's what it's going for this this picture this picture of lowly origins of this king in the matthew narrative wise men appear from the east they're following a star a star which is absent in luke and they appear to herod saying where's the king of the jews they're looking for this king this celestial event which is an event that helps put things at 3 bc because there is a rare alignment of uh planetary features at that point which suggests that that's when jesus was born they saw this celestial alignment and that's what uh, triggered them to go and look for the king this this rare alignment one thing that's interesting is in the luke narrative after the shepherds visit jesus jesus is circumcised on the eighth day and then that goes to jerusalem 40 days after his birth and from there they return to galilee in nazareth Remember, Bethlehem was in Judea, and Judea is where Jerusalem was. And so they quickly go to Jerusalem and then go back to Nazareth. Then you have the wise men in Matthew. So the wise men, where did they meet Jesus at? Was it in Bethlehem? Because it says Jesus was born in Bethlehem. The story doesn't have a location change in Matthew back to Nazareth. So if you want to make a super narrative, put all these things together, make one... uh, one coherent story, you're going to have to say that somewhere in Matthew, there's a location change and the wise men follow this star to Nazareth, which is not mentioned until after fleeing to Egypt. Fleeing to Egypt is not mentioned in the Luke narrative. So the wise men, they follow the star to Jesus, doesn't say where, could be Nazareth, but uh, there's no indication of that in the Matthew gospel. And from there, Joseph and Mary flee to Egypt. This fleeing to Egypt, again, is not found in Luke. In Luke, it sounds to me like the parents visit Jerusalem every year, so it doesn't envision necessarily a break and a fleeing to Egypt, but that could be just, you know, they'd be in Egypt for two years. So Jesus is born 3 BC, Herod dies 1 BC, and after Herod dies, then Jesus moves back to Nazareth. Because the text says, because Bethlehem is not safe. They fear for their lives or else they would have moved back to Bethlehem where Joseph apparently wanted to stay and live. One other thing that's interesting is Herod kills all the children under two. So the wise men had talked to him about when perhaps Jesus was being born. And uh, so they were looking for a child that's less than two years old. Anything in between there. So it wasn't like the wise men visited him right after birth or anything like that he's probably a young kid at the time so we got two narratives two gospel narratives two birth narratives and they have very little overlap except for the fact that jesus is born in bethlehem there's different methodologies to get jesus to bethlehem and to nazareth eventually so jesus has to be born in bethlehem because there are legitimate prophecies in the Old Testament that the Messiah is born in Bethlehem, he has to be born there. But everyone also knows Jesus as a Nazarene, and so he has to also be from Nazareth. So both of these stories, both of these narratives do just that. And you can conflate them. The only problem, the only disconnect that I see is the Matthew narrative just assumes that Joseph and Mary live in Bethlehem. That's their hometown, Bethlehem. And the Luke narrative assumes that Nazareth is their hometown, their place of residence. And then they have to travel to Bethlehem and back. So those are the two disconnects. One thing that I'd like to point out in all, both these narratives is the role and function of Jesus, which I, I always find very interesting, how people conceptualize who Jesus was and what he was supposed to do for the nations. Matthew 1.21 this is the angel, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is the conversation with Joseph, and the role of Jesus here is saving his people, which would be Israel, of course, from their sins. Matthew 2, 2, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? This is the wise men talking to Herod. The wise men envisioned Jesus as the king of the Jews. In Luke 132 he says he will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David a, a Davidic covenant Davidic uh, Messiah he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will be of no end This is another kingship claim Jesus will be king he will reign over Israel forever Luke 1 54, he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. This is Mary proclaiming praises to God because of what God's done. God sent a Messiah to save the people from their enemies. And who's their enemies? The Romans. The Romans are their enemies. The people who are oppressing Israel and God is finally delivering them with the Messiah. Mary says he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. This is about Israel. God saving Israel through Jesus. Saving them from their enemies. Fulfilling his covenants to Abraham. Luke 2.11 For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is called Christ the Lord. Remember Christ just means anointed. The Hebrew word would be Messiah. means anointed. Cyrus was an anointed. David was an anointed. So Cyrus was a Christ um, and uh, David was a Christ. there's there's various Christs and Messiahs in the Bible. it's it's a title. it's a position. It's someone chosen by God for a function. And it, it's not to be synonymous necessarily with with deity. that's not what they were thinking when they said these things. Luke 2: 29, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for a revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. This is an individual during that time that they go to Jerusalem after those 40 days, and he's proclaiming he was given a sign from God that he would not die without seeing the Messiah. And this is how he envisions the Messiah that this is. This is someone who's bringing salvation for Israel and giving a light to the Gentiles. The, the Israelites throughout Old Testament history, they weren't supposed to be exclusive. Their, their goal was to be a priest nation and lead the Gentiles to God. That's that was their function that was what their function was supposed to be. Uh, they never quite did achieve that function. They failed in their function so in conclusion Matthew and Luke different Gospels different birth narratives f- fulfilling similar functions putting Jesus in Bethlehem for birth and then putting him in Nazareth for growing up there's a lot of details that don't overlap and they look like uh, they they're not familiar with each other maybe maybe there's some indications that they are supposed to be congruent maybe Joseph getting the Whole talk in one and not the other, and Mary getting the talk in one and not the other. Maybe they're filling in each other's gaps. Uh, we're not sure. We are not sure. But Jesus was meant to be a savior of Israel. He's meant to lead Israel and reign over Israel forever, and then be a light to the Gentiles. He fulfill messianic prophecies, fulfill prophecies that put Israel in the priest nation status over the entire world. This was Jesus's function in the Gospels. All right, that's just a quick down and dirty of uh, the Christmas story. Thank you for listening.